Welcome, you're listening to the Media Talk 101 podcast, teaching media discernment in the light of following Christ. We want to encourage you to visit our website, mediatalk101.org. You can find helpful articles, videos, and other resources, as well as a link to our documentary, Captivated. We have a dedicated website for that, and also our annual conference, the Christian Worldview Film Festival. I'm your host, Philip Telfer, founder and director, and I'm back in the studio with my co-host and friend, Rhett Simpkins. Welcome, Rhett. Well, thank you. This is a special podcast. Yes, we're back together in the same room. Yes, and it's been a month mm-hmm. since we've done a podcast. So we had one year of podcasting for uh, every week, mm-hmm. and after doing that and achieving our goals, we decided we'd scale back a little bit and do this monthly podcast. But, you know, as our regular podcast listeners know, I live in Texas and you live in Illinois, but I happen to be in Illinois. Last time you were in Texas, but now I'm here and uh, we get to be in the same room, which is ideal. I was up in uh, with my family in Duluth, Minnesota, way, way up north at the end of uh, Interstate 35 uh, for a homeschool conference, and I was invited to speak uh, on the subject of media for their teen track, and I was delighted. They had uh, told me over 300, about 300 teens had signed up uh, to be part of this uh, special program, and when I got there, it was well over 300. The The room that I was teaching in sat uh, 500 people, and they had to bring in another 50 chairs. Mm. Of course, there were quite a few adults who kind of snuck in. They said, you know what? your workshops look more interesting <laughs> than the ones they have for us adults. So I said, you're, as long as we have seats, you're welcome to come in. So we, uh, I gave uh, six different workshops. Um, you know, of course, Media Choices, Convictions, or Compromise is the main one that I give. I, always, I like to follow that up, if I can, with the Counterfeit Life, Entertainment's Deceptive Messages about what it means to live life to the fullest. But there's also some other talks that uh, our audience might not be aware of. Uh, one of them that I gave was what the Bible teaches about the teenage years of Jesus. Mm. So that one was quite popular. Probably the most popular, though, was um, analyzing movies from a biblical worldview, where I talk about some principles for movie analysis. That's certainly a a very popular one. All of these are things that we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, So those are all archived, and you can find those. But also uh, another workshop that I gave was about understanding uh, biblical worship in the age of American Idol. So that's also something we've talked about mm-hmm. on on the podcast. And then lastly was uh, hearing God in a world full of noise. And have we talked about that? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. check off all of those. So if you've <laughs> not heard those talks, you can just go back through the podcast and uh, hear little bits and pieces of of those, but a good response. Had a great time speaking with young people. After every session, there was at least a, a dozen teens that would take the time to come and, and ask more questions or uh, share about how it impacted their lives. So it was very rewarding. It was very cold, even though it was April. It's still snow up there mm-hmm. in uh, Duluth, up there on Lake Superior. But we had a great time, and I'm 
I'm uh, rambling on here, but you have something coming up. You're going to be speaking this week. Yes. So by the time this airs, I'll uh, have spoken at a Christian school and a youth group down in the Quad Cities, Illinois. It's good. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We should, we should record it. Uh, I'm hoping I can. Yeah. Okay. So uh, not just so I can analyze it, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I think others would like to get a chance maybe to hear Rhett's version of the Media <laughs> Talk 101 mm-hmm. seminar. But today for this podcast, what do we have uh, planned? Well, uh, we're going to talk about something that we did recently where we had um, the Old Schoolhouse magazine uh, their crew review did a review of Captivated. And so we sent out uh, 100 DVDs to 100 different blogging moms and got their opinions about the, the documentary. And they uh, gave their 100% honest review, they said. Okay, so that's kind of the deal, you know. Uh-huh. So th- th- I thought this was a great opportunity. You know, they had lined up these 100 blogging moms, you know, to review products. Mm-hmm. And so... We signed up for this, and and of course they're not. It's not guaranteed that they're going to like your product. Yeah, and but that's okay. I I had a hunch that many of them would like Captivated, but I also had a hunch that there might be some that didn't like it mm-hmm. for various reasons. So so I thought it'd be fun as we. It was kind of fun seeing these blogs come in. I have not read all one hundred of them. I've only read a handful of them because I've been busy with with other things but i have tried to keep track of some of the little bits and pieces here and i know that you've been keeping track of these Mm -hmm. have you read all 100 i think there are two more that i haven't read yet wow yeah so you really have a better handle on this than than i do and it was kind of a neat idea you know talking about uh social network marketing Mm -hmm. that's kind of what this is you know because they blog about it and they tweet about it and I suppose posted on Facebook. Of mm-hmm. course, uh, you can go to Twitter and you could probably find some of these things. Uh, and you could send us a tweet, and I won't know what to do with it because uh, <laughs> Rhett and I are Twitter ignorant. Yes, <laughs> so we're twidiots. Twidiots. There we go. Did you just make that up? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that. We should uh, make sure we copyright that. Yeah. And so, or write a book. It would be a pretty short one. It would just be a big question mark. <laughs> yeah. Philip and Rhett have... What is the draw to this? Yeah. Okay. So back on track here for the two Twidiots in the Media Talk uh, studio here recording this podcast. We're going to... You've pulled out some things, some highlights mm-hmm. and, and maybe some some of the positives and maybe some of the negatives we want to talk about mm-hmm. from some of these reviews. Now... I guarantee that even some of the negative comments we have are are not going to be anything new. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to be things that uh, are going to take us by surprise. Mm-hmm. So um, what what are we, where are we going to start here? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just wanted to say that the majority of the reviews were very positive and, and I think helpful to somebody who would want to uh, check out Captivated. But it did seem like there were a few that had that uh, knee-jerk reaction that we've seen in the past. And so I wanted to bring up some of the uh, the criticisms, as well as you know many of the positives that have come from this. Um, one of the things that uh, kind of stood out was that there were a few comments about it being overly Christian or too Christian. And uh, so I, I just wanted to read a couple quotes and just get your response. Um, this one blogger said, There is one slightly frustrating thing about Captivated for me. 
Because it's Christian-centric, even though the majority of the material is not explicitly Christian, it's not really appropriate to share with those of other faiths. It'd be a turnoff, so they'd fail to get the important parts of the message. I really wish there was a version that presented the primary purpose of the DVD, Discernment and Media, in a way that was open to everyone. And there's one more. Uh, it says, uh, this person wrote, It is definitely geared toward a Christian audience, and at times... I found it to come across as extreme regarding the Christians' use of technology and media in everyday life and their personal relationship with God. Okay. Wow. So yeah. too Christian. Mm -hmm. Well, there, there's no, I mean, there's no apology to be made here from, mm -hmm. from our perspective because we are, I mean, our ministry motto is teaching media discernment in the light of following Christ. Our, our goal from the very beginning was to address this subject from not just a physical, mental, or moral uh, aspect, but but spiritual as well. Mm -hmm. Because we're not just brains, you know. We're not just bodies, you know. We have a spirit and a soul, and from the very beginning, the purpose of our existence uh, is not just to exist apart from God. Mm -hmm. You know, our our existence. Our very purpose is to exist, to to worship and to glorify Him, and be in relationship with the Creator of the universe. And I can't think of any more important subject to talk about. In fact, I I, I would not have any interest in speaking about media uh, apart from an understanding of of God mm -hmm. and and how it applies to Christianity. So we are we are distinctly Christian, you know, as a ministry. So that's. And we have the right to do that. I mean, there are other organizations that are not Christian, other writers, authors, speakers. In fact, there's a lot more material out there uh, that comes from a non-Christian perspective than there is on the subject of media, than there is coming from Christians. Christians are really behind mm -hmm. on addressing this uh, thoughtfully. And that's sad. And that's why we want to want to do that. So... There's not much we can do about that. You know, I'm not going to apologize or, or change that. If, in my opinion, I've been saying this for years, if I was to convince an entire generation to make better media choices, but I have not pointed them to Jesus Christ, then I've accomplished nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've accomplished nothing. And that was one of the frustrating things before I started Media Talk 101 and I was uh, speaking on behalf of another organization. They had a public school presentation. So they had the Christian presentation, they had the public school presentation. And I didn't have much interest in the public school presentation because you couldn't talk about Christ. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had a couple opportunities that came up where I was invited to speak at a, in a public school. And it just, I just didn't like it at all. I thought, wow, I, I'm talking about the problems. But all of these issues really point back to uh, this right relationship with Christ. And that's that's my big concern. You know, there are so many distractions today. But why am I concerned about distractions? Well, because I'm concerned about relationships. And even if we're talking about relationships between husbands and wives or parents and children or siblings, uh, why am I concerned about that? Because that has to do with our relationship with God as well. Mm -hmm. You know, this all, it's a, it's a package deal, you know, and I, I can't find it 
any reasonable way to, to compartmentalize faith from every other area of life. And that's one of the, one of the illustrations we give in some of the longer presentations. I know in the short presentations, I, I don't think we currently have it in the lineup. Do we do, do are you giving the, um, operating systems 101? Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. So you are, so we do have it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's in some presentations and it's not. So we'll give you a little practice here. Share about operating systems 101. Okay. Well, we all have, you know, an operating system that kind of gauges how we do things. Um, it's how we operate. And, <clears throat> you know, we have certain different parts of us that we will put into these folders. And, um, you know, we have, you know, my music, my videos, my, uh, my entertainment, whatever it is. And then, of course, we have Jesus. You know, we add him to our current operating system. But the problem with that is that's, you know, compartmentalized Christianity. And, um, you know, Jesus isn't really uh, compatible with anything of ourselves. We need to um, get rid of the old operating system and apply Jesus as the operating system and then make sure that everything in our lives is compatible with him. And so that's, you know, that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts. of Yeah. It. So this idea of compartmentalizing the areas of our life, especially our media consumption, which mm -hmm. a lot of Christians do, you know, mm -hmm. they, they say, well, we, we want to parse this out. We want to have, we want to keep Jesus in this, the information about Jesus in this little folder over here. And we want to keep all these other things in these other folders, but that's really not what Christianity is about. Mm -hmm. And since our target audience are Christians, or at least uh, if we're speaking to non-Christians, our goal is not to convince a non-Christian just to uh, make better media choices. Mm -hmm. You know, our goal for a non-Christian is that they uh, come to faith in the true and and living God mm -hmm. through and and have that relationship established through faith in Jesus Christ and through repentance. So that is, uh, that's certainly something that I think the church is struggling with in general. That's a cultural struggle, this idea of wanting to keep this separate. So I think that that's what that is coming from. Certainly the world, when they produce documentaries and when they produce their, their various forms of media are coming at it from a particular worldview mm -hmm. and they're not shy about that and I think that Christians should not be shy about our worldview that we're coming from so but that is an interesting it is interesting coming yeah. from uh, a few but once again as you said that was pretty rare it was yeah I just thought you know that's something I had heard before uh, from others who have talked about uh, captivated and it just caught my attention that it was brought up again and certainly there were many bloggers that said, you know, this was a blessing to us that, you know, the Christ message was just so impacting um, that it's distracting us from our relationship with God. And we realize that we need to cut back on some of these things to seek him. Uh, just and before we move on to our next point, Rhett, uh, I thought it'd be good to listen to a clip that I think really summarizes this from uh, K.P. Yohannan of Gospel for Asia, who was featured in the documentary. In all this real issue is that, are we understanding the fact that God made us for him and the light went out when man sinned, the candle is no more lit. And only through repentance 
and coming back to God and understanding the only thing matters is Jesus Christ died, buried, rose again. Blood was the price he paid to purchase me. I am not my own. And I find my life, life, which includes all happiness, all joy, everything in him. The answer to worldliness and the shallowness that we are living with today in the church is not that we do something with our strength. Rather, we find God again. And the promise is this, you will seek me and you will find me for sure, God said. But when you seek for me with all your heart. Great. Okay, so what's next? Okay, so another uh, criticism was that, you know, maybe focusing too much on the negative aspect of media. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, why why didn't the documentary present the positives that media can do? And certainly we know that there are positives. Okay. Well, that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, why didn't we make a, you know, well, I guess there's a couple ways you could take this. Why didn't we make a documentary that was pro, you know, media and entertainment or had presented both, both the good and the bad? Well, for one, one thing, I don't think that our culture presently is struggling with under enthusiasm, <laughs> you know, for for today's media and entertainment. It reminds me of this. I, I've quoted this before, but I'll do it again from Neil Postman. I believe this is from his book, Technopoly. And, and this is going back quite a few years. But he says, it is a mistake to suppose that any technological innovation has a one-sided effect. Every technology is both a burden and a blessing, not either or, but this and that. And and I take that approach. But the documentary, of course, they're saying, well, you, you spent more time on the negative than you did the positive. Well, once again, in the words of Neil Postman, he said, we are currently surrounded by throngs of what he calls one-eyed prophets who see only what the new technologies can do and incapable of imagining what they will undo. We might call such people technophiles. They gaze on technology as a love does on his beloved, seeing it without blemish and entertaining no apprehension for the future. And he goes on to kind of defend his take on a cautionary, you know, the cautionary emphasis in his writings. He says the technophiles must speak for themselves and do so all over the place. My defense is that a dissenting voice is sometimes needed to moderate the din made by the enthusiastic multitudes. Mm -hmm. And when I read this, I'm like, that's it. That's exactly my heart, you know, for this. It's not that I don't believe there are great things that you can do with technology. We demonstrate that. We don't need to teach it. I mean, we're... We, we do that through a podcast. We do that through creating a documentary. We do that through websites. We do that through uh, using multimedia in our presentations. Mm-hmm. We're using media. In fact, we, we gave, gave it away intentionally at the beginning of the documentary Captivated by giving a full disclosure that all the people working on the production of this have Facebook accounts, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter accounts. You know, we make videos. We have YouTube channels. And so that was intentional, you know, and it was meant to be kind of a, it's in our opening credits, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people enjoy. And we hope to set people at ease at the very beginning to see, look, we're not, we're not anti-media. We're Mm -hmm. we're using it ourselves, but it is, 
cautionary because the, the issue that we're facing today is not under enthusiasm for these things. I, I haven't, it would be a different, you know, I guess it would be much different if the climate, you know, if the spiritual climate in the church today were, was apprehensive towards the use of media. We would, you know, you can imagine if we just turn this upside down and the issue was most of the church, you know, let's say 99% of the church was saying, there's no way. They're just over cautionary. We don't want to get involved in, in using these new media. We are not going to have smartphones. We're not going to have computers. We're not going to use any of these things. And then there would be a need maybe for a documentary, uh, you know, to show from a Christian perspective how technology can be used for good, mm -hmm. for the gospel's purposes, for ministry purposes, for business, for whatever the case, you know, education. You could uh, you could make a documentary trying to convince people in the church that, um, you know, their caution is, is, uh, is good, but it needs some balance. But that's not what we're facing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody could have, would, would argue that that's the issue that we're facing. So, you know, documentaries in particular are to raise, you know, many of them are designed to raise caution. And that's what ours was. And we, um, we try to do that carefully. But now the other part of that, uh, some of that, the negative review there is in regard to the focus. You know, we're focusing just on the, the bad side. Well, I thought it'd be interesting just to kind of thumb through. I've got the captivated transcript with me. And uh, I just, it, it's actually not that long, even though we'll talk about one of the other complaints, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, later, which is mm -hmm. the length. Uh, but uh, I printed out the captivated transcript and it's, and it's not even, I mean, this is like 14 point, um, you know, text and it's, it's not even designed to, to be, uh, you know, to try to minimize how much paper this takes up, but it's only, it's less than 50 pages. It's like 45 pages. I was surprised that it didn't take me that long to kind of flip through the entire documentary in a short amount of time. So let me just, you know, for people that may have witnessed, have seen Captivated, or maybe maybe people haven't seen Captivated, and they're kind of wondering, uh, is this all negative? You know, is that, this an entirely negative documentary about media? Well, at the towards the beginning, other than the fact that we open up showing full disclosure that we're all using media in in uh, positive ways so at the toward the beginning of the documentary we have an interview with dr dimitri christakis and so right why don't you just play a clip instead of me reading it let's just let's just play a clip uh where he talks about uh the positive what are what are some of the, not necessarily the you know once again the positive of of media but what are some positive alternatives you know because once again, you know, we're not just presenting what the problem is. We're trying to present some solutions. We also found that the more cognitive stimulation they got before the age of three, and we measured cognitive stimulation by how often you read to your child, how often you take your child to the museum, how often you sing to your child, the kinds of things that many parents think of as being good for babies. Uh, we found that the more of those kinds of activities babies had actually the less likely they were to have shorter attention spans later in life. So if you think of it, these are really two sides of the same coin. There's certain things we can do early in a baby's life that promote their attention span, and there are th certain things we can do early on that hinder it. Another example, this is a shorter quote, so I'll go ahead and read this from Maggie Jackson. And 
and here was one of, this is one of the people we interviewed that was not a Christian. You know, she wasn't coming from a Christian perspective, but she was willing to be a part of our documentary. And she has a lot of interesting and insightful things to, to say about media. And her, one of her great concerns is in regard to relationships. But on the, uh, on the other side, we actually end one clip of hers with this statement that she makes. She says, I think that step-by-step step we can make our technologies return to their rightful place as tools. They're not panaceas. They're not lifestyles. They're not, I don't think, appendages. And so, but she makes it clear. She's not anti-media. She's not saying mm-hmm. get rid of it. She's just saying, you know what? They need to return to their rightful place. They're, they're getting out of control. So there's, a, there's one example. Also, when we, uh, we followed that up with an interview by, uh, of Demetia Charleston, who shares about going on a Facebook fast where she took a break for a time. And the very last thing uh, that Demetia says, let's just, let's just play that clip. Right. I won't say I'm going to be off Facebook forever, but right now I do enjoy this feeling that I have of being, being away from Facebook. I just feel like I have more time to do more things. You know, it's, it's just a piece that you can't experience any other way. When you're really down and out, you can't go to Facebook. You know, you, it's those face-to-face, the family, your closest friends, your church, that's going to be there for you. Social networking sites are an enhancer for life relationships, but it's not a replacement. Here's another, uh, here's another summary statement that is used at the end of a interview with the Engstrom family. And we might talk a little bit more about the Engstroms a little bit later in this podcast, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, to, to just listen, let's just hear what Eric has to say, uh, in summary of everything that was shared about their family. We're not just saying no media, but we're saying use it in responsible and God-glorifying ways. One of the other really interesting interviews that we had was with Dr. David Walsh. I could have just listened to him all day long. And certainly he's very cautionary, but he doesn't deny in this documentary either the power uh, and even potential benefits of media. So here's what... Dr. David Walsh had to say. So all of this technology is capable of wonderful benefit. However, because it's powerful, we have to use it aware of what the downside is. And there are downsides. Another uh, a good example of someone who's cautionary yet enthusiastic about the uh, power of media is Bob Walaszewski. He's the director of Plugged In Magazine at Focus on the Family. And uh, this is what Bob had to say. I'm hugely concerned that today's media influences attitudes and behavior. And because it influences attitudes and behaviors, uh, it can do some great positive things, um, but it can also do some incredibly negative things. Uh, since we're playing clips, you know, no, no podcast, no Media Talk 101 podcast would be complete without getting a little bit of David Murray in uh-huh. there, you know, because we just love his Scottish accent. But, um, you know, David is uh, very enthusiastic about technology. In fact, he has, he has a video called God's Technology, you know, so you can check that one out. That's on the 
positive side. It has some cautionary elements to it, but it's mostly on the positive side. And that's one of the reasons we had David come and, and or part of our documentary. So uh, let's let's hear what he has to say on the on the positive of when it comes to uh, guiding children in regard to their choices. You know, if we are feasting our eyes and filling our ears with what's good and pure, then it will have that blessed effect on our outward actions as well and will become a blessing to others. You know, here's another one uh, from Bob Olszewski that that just shares his, this is a very big picture view of why he does what he does. My passion and uh, my calling uh, is to help the body of Christ, uh, young people, moms, dads, the whole gamut, uh, honor Jesus Christ with their entertainment choices. Here's another example uh, later on in the documentary when we interviewed Rachel McAlpine, who shared about the struggles she was having with music and godless uh, music that was violent and very dark. But uh, at the very end of her interview, this is what the, her story is, is capped off with. I am endeavoring as a follower of Jesus Christ to embrace the things that he values. And because I love him, I want to be able to choose media that glorifies him. Another one of my favorite stories in the documentary is from a young skateboarder named Corey Seanborn, who shares about going on a media fast and how that helped him kind of reset you know, some of his priorities in his life. And he he uh, he was very cautionary, you know, for his generation. But he also understood the the importance of good media, and so he shared the following during his interview. So it's not only about not letting the bad media in, but it's about replacing it with something better, with good media, with good books, the Bible, good Christian films, something that gets you thinking about heavenly things so you are more transformed to be like Christ. Oh, here's a good one. It's this guy named Rhett Simpkins. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rhett, you were in our documentary. And... Uh, I could just have you read this, but we might as well just play the captivated clip. It's kind of cool. It's been five years now that I haven't had a television in my house, and it's, it has made a, a deep impact on the way I live because I don't just get home and sit down in front of the television. Um, I you know, have time to spend with my family, and we you know, occasionally will watch a movie together, but I'm more selective uh, in my media than I was before. There are many different things that are poisonous, uh, so you have to know how to discern between uh, the poisonous plants and the edible plants. One of the ones I've been reading up a lot about lately is poison hemlock, which, uh, you know, to the novice it would be uh, easy to mistake that with uh, what is a wild carrot or Queen Anne's lace. And so it grows all over the place and it looks very similar, but it's deadly. And it's the same with media, you know, it can be used for good or bad. And, Knowing how to discern between those things is important. Yeah, and I just want to mention too that, um, you know, all of these cautions that are brought up in the documentary are a great way to begin discussion in the home. 
And that's one thing that um, many of the uh, reviewers talked about that happened with their families. You know, they, they, the kids, even uh, the husband and wife would begin to discuss their use of media and how maybe they need to make some changes. But it was the cautions that brought that discussion up. Yeah. Well, you know what? When you do you go to when do you go to a doctor, Brett? <laughs> yeah, when I'm feeling sick. <laughs> when you're feeling sick, when something's wrong. Yeah. Right? So you don't go to a doctor when you're feeling good because you just want to throw some of your money away mm-hmm. and have him charge you to come and tell you all the things that are going well mm-hmm. in your body. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. rid- you don't need a doctor for that. You know, mm-hmm. the doctor is there to help uh, discern and to recognize what areas are in your body are not right mm-hmm. and how might we bring about some remedy for yeah. that. And that's the same thing. I mean, Jesus, in, in his one of the stories he shared, he said that it's not the it's not those who are well who need a physician. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the sick. And he re- talked about his own ministry as being like that of, of the... He was the great physician. You know, he came to help people who were broken. And, and we, right now, there's a lot of brokenness in our culture. And a lot of that brokenness, it's not all in regard to media, but a lot of it is mm-hmm. and so certainly there's a need to be uh you know in the documentaries kind of takes that doctor approach yeah. to sit down in the doctor's office with the patient and say yeah this is this is what's going wrong mm-hmm. okay how about this uh one other thing that was brought up was that uh there weren't enough what do we do now not enough action steps and I just i wanted to quote this Um, this one blogger said, if you propose we turn off the screens, please give us more ideas about what to do with ourselves besides reading the Bible, foraging, playing an instrument or learning new skills. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know what? My guess is that that was what was in their mind at the end of the film, which is an hour and 47 minutes. And if they just watched it through once, the reason they brought that up is because those are some of the things that you talked about and you were the last story featured. Mm Mm-hmm. On, on some of the alternates, you know? And so you talked about foraging, playing guitar, reading the Bible, yep. and learning new skills. Yes. So those are all coming directly, almost quoted, mm-hmm. you know, from your the interview that we did with you. And uh, it's I, I'll give this, this uh, reviewer the benefit of the doubt that they just didn't really uh, remember or maybe take notes. Uh, during the documentary of the very many things, the action steps. And and I know that one of the things also that, that kind of dovetails with this is, you know, the emphasis on a media fast. Mm-hmm. You know, is that in your notes later? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so, well, we might end up just talking about both of them at the same time because I've heard from people, so is that all you have to give is just a media fast. And I always tell people, well, that's a starting point. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly something we're advocates of. And a media fast is, is temporary. You know, fasting, uh, every, every night you fast and you wake up and you have breakfast. You know, mm-hmm. you, you break your fast. Uh, so you have a time where you go without. And we do that every day. We, we take a break. We sleep and we don't eat while we're sleeping. <laughs> and, uh, and likewise, you know, uh, we're... We have a culture right now that is overeating, overconsuming when it comes to media. And there is a need to 
recognize how addicted we can become, how habitual we are with our media choices. So over the years, that, that's certainly one way that we try to help people start, but it's just a starting point, you know, and, and so in the documentary, that's certainly where we're going to start. And then we followed that up with, we have a website, mm-hmm. we've got a podcast, we have other resources. There are two hours of bonus features on the DVD. You know, there are, are many things, but even within the DVD itself, if someone, in fact, one of our, one of the uh, reviewers uh, watched the DVD, kind of had a knee-jerk reaction, and she said she went back and watched it again and began to see many of these things actually addressed. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just that, you know, it, she wasn't as careful to to log those things that that we actually had embedded all through the documentary. And so, you know, we won't play a bunch of clips here, but I will highlight that uh, all throughout the documentary, we were giving alternatives, you know, not just saying uh, no media. In fact, uh, let's talk about the Engstroms because we played Mm -hmm. a clip from them. The Engstrom family is a very tech-savvy family. Now, we didn't portray that as much because all of these stories we had to compress down, you know, down to just a few minutes. And we already have enough complaints about how long the documentary Mm -hmm. is. So do you really want me going into another 10 or 15 minutes to explain the background of the Engstrom family? Well, I think it's very interesting. And they're a very tech-savvy family. In fact, Mr. Engstrom is not only a pastor, but he's a computer programmer. He, he does robotics, even. I mean, the guy is, is a, a very technically savvy, and so is most of the family. And in their interview, uh, not only does he end with, hey, we're not saying no media. We're just saying use it in God-glorifying ways. But uh, they just do it. It's one month that they choose to do as a family, uh, and which means that uh, throughout that time and during that, let me just quote some of the things that they bring up in their story uh, about some of the why they do that, why they go on that media fast. Okay, yeah, the mom, Kara Engstrom, she mentions how much the children loved the extra time playing basketball with dad or playing cards or just working on things. And and uh, Mr. Engstrom goes on to talk about how during that media fast, they spent more time playing games, you know, a board game, which is a different pace than video games, much more conversational. He said it's slow down. It takes breaks, a little le- less pressure. He talked about family devotions and even, even some of their theological discussions just happening in conversations around playing games or uh, sharing meals together. I love the interview with Kyla Engstrom, their oldest daughter, who talked about just spending more time in the Word of God, but also just meditating and and spending time uh, thinking about Him and and listening to His voice, you know, kind of having all the noise, the din uh, suppressed during that time and, and really giving some room to, to hear the Lord. And as at the time that we did that interview, I believe Kyla was 18 and she shared personally that this was something that had been really good, you know, in her life, something that she thought was beneficial, not, not negative. I thought another very powerful uh, statement that was made by Dr. Jeff Myers was when he told the story of a, a school administrator who shared about some troubled kids in his school and how they were 
the, the school administrator had given some action steps. And of course, these are action steps that are good for any parent to consider when you're trying to unplug from media. And so if you haven't seen that, you definitely want to hear that whole interview. But these were the things that were mentioned right in that interview. Uh, three nutritious meals a day. And you're thinking, well, so that's the alternative to, uh -huh. <laughs> to media? Well, it's an important part of life. Um, you know, limiting, uh, not only limiting uh, media, you know, in this case, it was a half hour a week, not even a day. It was just a half hour per week. So it was not saying no media. It was just saying limit it. And instead, at least an hour of play outside during the week and uh, three hours on the weekend, but also getting to bed uh, at nine o'clock on, on weeknights. You know, so these were these were some action steps to to encourage parents to to kind of think outside of the box. And the interesting thing is, is I'm not going to give away now. You know, you have to go watch the documentary <laughs> to see what the result was mm -hmm. in these troubled kids' lives. It was powerful. I love uh, the interview we did with with Nisa about her addiction to Farmville. And her response, once again, these were these were personal stories, people really being uh, candid about their own lives and really being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And she was very vulnerable to share about the trouble she had, but also how once she unplugged from Farmville on Facebook, how she began to do some real things. And in her case, it was flower gardening. It was also photography. Uh, also spending more time with some of her lady friends in a, in a women's Bible study. And uh, s something that she said had some real satisfaction to it. We also have the great example of Corey Schonborn, who we mentioned earlier, out on a skateboard, you know, mm -hmm. who spends a lot of time uh, out on a skateboard is, is an outdoor activity. It's a, it's a great, not only some great exercise, but a great way to interact with other people. And, and I know that that's something that he enjoys doing. Uh, and that's only one of one of many things. Let's uh, let's listen to this clip from Dr. Jeff Myers because he gives uh, several action steps, you know, for parents to consider uh, when you unplug. I would recommend as a family that you plan out a week or two worth of activity, fun things that you can do outside. Just go play miniature golf. Go play frisbee golf. Go play tennis. Get some different things that you can do outside, but make sure that you're together doing those things outside. Kids will probably be grumpy at first. That's okay. When you overcome an addiction, you're grumpy. That's just the way it is. If you can work through that for a few days and get a couple of weeks of being unplugged, you're going to find several things in my experience. Number one, you're going to find that you actually talk. Maybe for the first time, you really talk about things. Second of all, you're going to find a sense of peace in your home. Because rather than being a good way to vegetate and relax, media actually stimulates us in a lot of ways that really irritate our nervous systems. So you're going to find a sense of peace. I think third of all, you're going to find that your kids are actually smarter too. And then also, um, we can't get away without having David Murray back mm -hmm. at least one more time. You can't just suck technology out of your children's lives. Um, something else is going to fill it, and it'll be more technology, unless you put something there instead and show them the good things, the, the happy things, the beneficial things, 
that can have that life-transforming and mind-transforming impact. We had uh, Ray Comfort, who shared about establishing a family altar, the importance of having some regular time as a family to get around, you know, get together and spend time in the Word of God and also in prayer, you know, time of, of training. Uh, Raul, Pastor Raul Reese brought up a good point, too, that often goes unnoticed, is the importance of parents to work together, to be on the same page, you know, so that there's unity and and that being united is, is really powerful. Now we understand that there are issues where there are single parent situations where that's just not going to be the case. But, but where there is a mom and a dad together, that's actually one of the action steps that you need is to, to make sure that there's unity there mm-hmm. and, and working together. And also, on just to, to kind of close off this point, I would encourage anybody or, or even the people who had reviewed this or, or someone that was wondering, um, you know, what is, the, what is kind of the takeaway is just to listen to or, or watch the last five minutes of this documentary mm-hmm. when we, we kind of helped it culminate with some, some kind of final statements by many of the people we interviewed. And many of those clips, by the way, were, were actually... Uh, taken at the very end of the interviews where it was like the last thing, you know, kind of like what what would your last exhortation to to parents be uh, on this subject? And so many of them shared very passionately their, you know, their most important exhortation. And we put together a series of those clips at the very end of the documentary. And I think it's very telling, you know, on and many of them are, are action steps, mm-hmm. you know, for, and it's not just unplugging, but certainly that's a, a place to start, you know, and as a ministry, you know, we encourage people to, to uh, start with a media fast. Uh, we also deal in the documentary with, with things that you need to get rid of. You know, that's what we call toxic media. You don't fast from things that are poisonous, you know, you yeah. get them out of the home. But then also we, there are many things addressed in the documentary just about your everyday media diet, you know, using discretion, using discernment, uh, being, use, being, uh, showing moderation, you know, which is something that uh, our culture finds it very hard to do, especially in regard to media. I think it's really neat that, you know, we had 100 people at one time, you know, watching the documentary and were able to write down their thoughts and we get to have a glimpse into what was going on in their families and in their lives after seeing the documentary. And it's so neat because the overwhelming majority of these were people who were blessed by the documentary, who are putting some of the things that they learned into uh, practice. And so I just had a few quotes I wanted to read just showing um, how uh, captivated is just impacting people. Great. In fact, I'll let me just insert this before you, you go on. It's like, on on one of the ones that I, I read, it was neat. They had some before and after pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, before, yeah. so the the mom had gone around and taken pictures of, of her family glued to their smartphone and iPad and computer and television and, and then did some, you know, after watching the the uh, captivated documentary and, and deciding, wow, we need to make some changes, mm-hmm. took some after pictures of being uh, you know, reading together, playing games together, going to the library. It was mm-hmm. it was really neat. I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. 
This, uh, this blogger said, Captivated is a wake-up call, even for those of us who feel like we're doing a good job of limiting and censoring media exposure in the home. I think this DVD is invaluable in showing just how dangerous media has become. Not that this film is all about scare tactics, because it certainly isn't, but it does show the reality of the effects of media obsession. What is so frightening for me is that media can have such a stronghold without us realizing it that it can take us away from the most wonderful gift in this life, which is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What this DVD has revealed to me is that anything that takes that much time away from my relationship with the Lord is becoming my idol. And that is something that I simply will not allow. So just, you know, realizing that and, and then, you know, you move on from there. Another uh, person said, my husband suggested that we uh, should fast from media, just like a couple of the families who had given their personal testimonies in the movie. There was no way we could do a, a complete media fast. After all, I'm a blogger, and we also use some video games and DVD programs in our schoolwork. So we began a partial media fast. And later she says, I found out the truth of the message on the DVD the hard way. We were truly addicted. I'm so grateful for the blessing of this message that I've been trying to share it with everyone I know. And I'll be sharing this review and even loaning out my copy of the DVD to friends and family. So just, you know, realizing that. This one was one of my favorites. Um, this family just kind of took a unique approach. And it was a suggestion from some of the children. Um, she writes, I talked with my oldest after, watching, uh, after we watched the movie. And we discussed how TV and video games are like junk food. They should be sometimes things instead of everyday things because our brains and attitudes are just healthier without too much of it. He totally understood this and came up with the brilliant idea of setting up what he calls captivated boxes. We set up some of our toy drawers with relatively quiet activities that can only be used when the kids or mom are tempted to ask about or turn on the TV, iPads, and games. So far, this is working beautifully. And she actually posted pictures of this little drawer system that they have where they, they put their devices in there and it's not as easy to get to them. I love that. And what I love about this is it's an example of what we call, and what we hope to do is what we call kickstarting thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you know, even a, an hour and 47 minute documentary is going to fall short. I mean, it's a huge subject. You can't tackle it all. And like I said, one of the, one of the complaints that some people have to it's too long you know it's mm -hmm. too long but yet they complain that we don't have more you know other information yeah. in it and uh but our goal in this ministry all along as well as with the the documentary is that we just want to kickstart something you want people yeah. to start thinking for themselves you know and start saying hey how can we uh, you know how do we what, what's the outcome you know, as a family, how do we wrestle with this? Mm -hmm. What what are, what are some solutions that we can come up with instead of just spoon feeding people all of the information? So that to me is the exact response that I'm hoping. Not not that this family does this or this family does that, but that the family begins to think it through and say, okay, we recognize we've got some problems. How, what are, what are some of the solutions that we can come up with that fit our family? Yeah. And that is powerful. Mm -hmm. And uh, you mentioned the documentary being too long. And I think that was the number one uh, criticism out of all the reviews was just, hey, it was, it was long. 
Um, so what what is the uh, the antidote to that? <laughs> well, there really is no antidote. The, you know, certainly, we live in a culture that uh, has a short attention span. Mm-hmm. You know, I I've watched the documentary. Uh, who knows how many hundreds of times, and I haven't died watching it. You know. <laughs> And I don't think anybody that's watched it has, has died. So when they say it's too long, what they're saying is, oh, we think you could have cut this out or cut that out. Or, you know, you could have, you know, I had to sit through this when I could have been doing other things. That's, that's, that's going to be somewhat subjective. You know, I was, when, when I think about this documentary, which was made not for theaters, but for people to watch in the home, you know, you can pause, you could take a break if you wanted to, you could come back to it. Uh, but most people over the years, you know, we haven't had uh, so many complaints, but, but these are moms with young children. Yeah. So I can see how that can be a, a challenge. We did uh, create a one hour version of the documentary. So we cut 47 minutes out of it. And I, and I like that version. In mm-hmm. fact, for public screenings, I think it's a great version for public screenings. But even when people have an option between the one-hour version and the hour and 47-minute version, you know, uh, on our website, or even you can uh, watch this video on demand, almost all people choose to watch the, the longer version when yeah. they, have a, they have a choice. So, so we do have a shorter version out there, and we didn't send that out to people. We sent the longer version. And so, um, but I think the subject is so important. It could have been much longer. The first... The first edit was three hours long. Yeah. And uh, our faithful podcast listener, Jim Olson, he thinks that he's still waiting for the 10-hour version. <laughs> you know, <laughs> There's so, enough footage. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. We have 30 hours. So uh-huh. we, we uh, compressed 30 hours of interviews down to an hour and 47 minutes. Um, so certainly, you know, you could you could nip and tuck and, and get the documentary down to that standard 90 minutes and cut, you know, 14 minutes out of it. But uh, I didn't think it was necessary. I, I really wanted people to be stretched. And and part of the reason it's a little bit longer is I intentionally wanted some things to be repeated by different people. Now, you know, there's there's opinions about that. And some people think, well, you can, you know, a, a video editor would say, don't do that. It's been said once. You don't need it said a second time. But there's a principle in the scriptures where it says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let something be established. And on a subject like this, which can be very volatile or, you know, very, uh, you know, kind of a step on your toes kind of subject, I thought it was important to have on certain issues more than one person reiterating, you know, maybe not verbatim, but but reiterating an idea or a concept so that people could see this is not just one person's opinion. There are several people. And that was what we wanted to accomplish in this documentary was to to show a really broad scope of authors, writers, teachers, pastors, uh, everyday people, parents, kids, you know, that were wrestling with this subject and and coming to a lot of the same conclusions. And we just wanted we wanted to share that. Mm-hmm. So it took some time. Yeah. And I have one last quote that I uh, wanted to just bring out. And this, this blogger said, The overall message I got from the film was that if we don't allow ourselves to be captivated by the messages of this world, then it means we can strive to be captivated by something else that glorifies God. Media sources and digital devices can be wonderful tools in living a godly life. The key to it all is discernment. And that's the message I think this film drives home to viewers. Amen. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and once again, we were so grateful for all of these reviews and you know, our, of course, your hope in doing something like this is that they are going to be positive reviews. And the reality was that most of them were, mm-hmm. you know, so more than 95% of them, you know, came in with, with a great, you know, good to great um, reviews. And so we were glad for that. We were expecting that. And we were all always also expecting uh, a few naysayers. And, and that's all right, you know, because that helps us to keep on our toes and know how to give a, a response uh, to people and, and maybe how to tweak uh, our messages we're sharing with people to help clarify some things when we are communicating, whether a podcast or through public speaking or any future projects that we do. Well, this has been a long podcast, but I guess that's the advantage of doing it once a month. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, well, we hope that you uh, will join us again next month. Uh, for our podcast, we've received uh, s- several links to some articles from some of our podcast listeners we'll be talking about next time. And if you've got questions or comments, uh, you've got about three weeks to send them in as we prepare for our next episode. And by the way, before we forget, we have provided a link for you to the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review website. Uh, dedicated to the review of the documentary Captivated, where you can read, if you wish, all 100 reviews. Have fun. (laughs) You've been listening to the Media Talk 101 podcast. Visit mediatalk101.org for helpful articles, videos, and other resources. Click on the audio tab to get a free download of Philip's audiobook, What Wouldn't Jesus Do? Media Choices in the Light of Following Christ. And if you haven't seen our award-winning documentary, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture, be sure to order your copy today. Parents Television Council calls it deft and powerful, and numerous moms, dads, and pastors say it's a must-watch for every Christian family and church. If you have a question or a topic you would like to have discussed on this program, please send an email to podcast at mediatalk101.org.